This is the Eric in the Morning podcast brought to you by ComEd. ComEd is suspending disconnections and waiving any new late charges through at least July 1st. If your service has already been disconnected, please call us at 800-334-7661 tried to spend some time outdoors yesterday um and it was a lot colder than normal um so i ended up buying one of those like tall stand heaters you ever see you know those ones they use out at the restaurant oh with the propane tank it got cold last night yeah yeah it got chilly and so i like spent like 30 minutes throwing that thing together and then Mm -hmm. threw an old propane tank in there so i could sit out there and enjoy the way outdoors. you've described that sounds like an explosion and fire waiting to yeah. happen. Probably. <laughs> I threw that thing together and then threw an old propane tank in there and hoped for the best. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty much, uh, but it worked. Note to self, don't sit anywhere near <laughs> Melissa's block. I yeah. know, I know, I know, I know. But it looks good. <laughs> I don't know if it's working good. That's <laughs> what. Uh, I have a giant turtle in a baby pool in my backyard currently. This was an unexpected development, and it's well, very I'll weird. My kittens. You want the yeah, Humane Society's is, number? This is not even a joke. So what? we have this handyman who uh, he 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 rescues turtles that he like finds on the side of the road, and mm-hmm. he like nurses them back to health. Oh I, wow! I know you're going to think I'm making this up. So yesterday he was coming over to do a little painting, and he had found a turtle on the way. And he left it in a baby pool in our backyard. Ah, so it wasn't something that wandered in. It was no, actually no, no. brought to you. He found it and he puts it in his like in the back of so his handyman truck. Well, he's going to pick it up today. <laughs> At least you hope he is. You might never hear from him again. I think he had another job to go do, and that's why I'm like, there's a giant, and I mean a giant one too, yeah, like how big? big, like huge. Like, like how huge? 12 uh, inches across, 15, 25, 4 uh, feet? Uh, no, four more, feet. at least maybe a foot and a half long, wow. probably. Yeah, okay. not like some little baby snapper? like at the pet Is store. A snapper? I don't think he's a snapper, but I, I don't want to put my finger near his mouth to right. find out. Is put it some meaty? lettuce down there, or did you do any of that kind of stuff? Uh, put some, uh, he said to actually put some shrimp in there, and then oh, some shrimp? lettuce and some other shrimp? stuff. Hi, Hi, shrimp in the freezer. Uh, some shrimp in the freezer, yeah. You did? He's yeah, a like, fancy fancy turtle. Oh my God. I kind of want the to rescue me. Yeah. Oh well, no, he would take great care of you. I'm just laying on the side of the road when he's nearby and hope he, that he picks me up and drops me off at your house. He would take I'm great sure. care of you and install your cabinets wow. at the same time. Is yeah. it um? Is it the season for them right now, like mating season for turtles? I'm not even sure. Let's go with yes. I don't How know. How do you yeah. keep it in the pool? Did you gate it Melissa in? Melissa says that like we'd what? know. Yeah. Well, well actually, Melissa, yeah. I was doing the research yesterday on mating season of turtles. <laughs> right. How well, would you we guys know? can be so knowledgeable about like things that you know we least expect. I don't even know when it's mating season for me. That's true. <laughs> I, I have no clue. How am I supposed to know if it's mating season for turtles? So this turtle was trying to cross the road to find a lady somewhere, and then right. uh, unfortunately, right. yeah. What type, what type of turtle uh, is it, Whip, and what is its genetic background? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. It's a turtle in my pool. I don't know. Eat shrimp. Yeah. Oh, oh my thing. gosh. Strangest questions. A new survey was conducted on the uh, top 10 foods that people missed most during the quarantine. Restaurant-style foods, what yeah. style yeah. people miss most. Uh, you voted for what you missed most, Cindy? Uh, French fries. French fries, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no They're the best. They are the best. Can't go wrong. Jessica, you missed most. Barbecue ribs. Barbecue ribs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just can't do them at home the same way when you go to the right rib place, can you, Jessica? No, you can't. Yeah. I had them last night. Did you? I had ribs last night. It's nice when they clean up at the restaurant after. It is true. That is true. Woody, you missed what? My steak Alfredo. Steak Alfredo. I'm going to cry. Yeah. 
Bring a man to tears, a grown man to tears. <laughs> uh, Mike, missed it most. Italian, uh, Italian. Olive Garden. Yeah, good. Yeah. Italian, like oh, Olive Garden. Yeah. I saw some new commercials for them last night. They're like ready to have us back. All the best Italian. Uh, hi there, Bill. <laughs> missed it most. Uh, Veal Marcella. Veal, Veal Marcella. Mm. Used to be my nickname. Was yeah, originally going to be Veal at his name. <laughs> at number three, you missed it most. Hi, Adam. Hi. All you can eat sushi sashimi at uh, Sushi Para. All you can eat sushi sashimi. That sounds good and dangerous. Let's go right now at number two, Carmela. I miss the Greek moussaka Ah, at Athenia. Yeah. I need help ordering Greek. I've said that before. I go to Greek restaurants with my Greek buddies, and they all seem to know exactly what to do, obviously, and I just just get a euro. (laughs) And then finally in at number one. It's number one on this list, and it's number one on ours. Julie, you missed it most. Definitely Mexican food, there for it sure. Is. Mexican food. <laughs> that finished first on the list wow, of restaurant really? foods that people miss most during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Mexican in at number one, just like Julie said. Anything in particular, Julie? Well, I believe it or not, most people say that's not Mexican food, but we love our peppies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Mexican food. Yeah. Pepe's tacos are very good tacos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number one is Mexican. Yes. Number two on the top ten restaurant foods people miss most during quarantine. Uh, Asian food. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Number three, burgers. Mm-hmm. Number four, pizza. Okay. Number five, steak. Yes. Number six, Italian. Number seven, seafood. Number eight, chicken. It's hard to find chicken. <laughs> it, cooking chicken at home is scary. I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to brag here. I, I I can cook a chicken breast on a grill like nobody's really. It, it will. I will not dry it out. You have my promise. Do you marinate right. it before? No, nope. I don't even. If you want me to, I can, but I don't need to. Wow, really? Yep. Look at you. Uh, number nine desserts, and number ten oh. appetizers. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm kidding. On She's the top kidding. ten restaurant foods that people miss most during quarantine. What I find interesting is that's according to the survey by Better Homes and Gardens magazine. <laughs> oh wow, there's still which I, uh, I found later on. <laughs> Whip has a subscription. Oh. And you never know where you're going to find some well, good nugget. That's fine. It's funny you say that. Usually I find the Better Homes and Gardens on Whip's desk, but for some reason Captain Hollywood stole it. Oh, yeah. well, he knows. I, I found him. it on his desk. Yeah, I can see him looking to read that. Oh, that was weird. Joining us again with all the latest updates uh, is Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer with Northwestern Medicine Central DePage Hospital. Hey, Dr. Most. Good morning, Eric. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. So, you know, they canceled Lollapalooza officially. Then Whip has been reporting Coachella, which was uh, postponed, has now been canceled. And it looks like Chicago is uh, pretty much canceled everything all summer. Is this going to extend into the fall or after Labor Day? Do we have anything optimistic to look forward to? You know, I wish I did. I wish I did have optimism for you guys. You know, unfortunately, I think you're seeing what's happening in these other 19 states that are reporting right now that may have uh, increased a little bit too quickly. And I think the governor and uh, Mayor Lightfoot are going to take note of what's happening across the country and be very conservative as as far as us restoring more. So they have seen both of them like they were starting to get uh, a little more open-minded. That's maybe not the right word. Liberal, maybe not the right word in their thought process of uh, how they were going to do it. You think they're going to pull back a little now? I think what's going to happen is what we're seeing right now is the uh, impact of probably Memorial Day weekend. And I think what we're going to see over the next seven to ten days is going to be the impact of the rallies and the marches. 
I think they're probably waiting a little bit to see. And the timing is going to actually be pretty good because as we're looking at the end of this month for the governor to make his next response, that'll be about the same time we're going to see the impact of what uh, the rallies and the marches have had on this. Are you anticipating a spike? Uh, I am. You know, I was talking to Swanee before we got on the on the radio with you, and it's uh, you know, the, the United States and parts of the United States, instead of wading into the pool with their floaties on, uh, we're jumping a cannonball into the deep end. That was Swanee's analogy. And I'm like, you know what, actually, you're spot on when you see some of the states, how they've opened. And now we're starting to see those increases. And you look at states like Arizona, where they're still close to 80% use of their ICUs. Um, those are concerning numbers. Now, uh, for months and months, we kept talking and using the term flattening the curve. And that appeared to have happened, I, I believe, at some point. It, are, you, are you telling us the curve is going to go back up? That's the concern. So the concern, yeah, we have. We've done really well at flattening the curve. And the way we've done that is doing the simple things that we've all been taught, right? Physically distance, wear your masks, wash your hands. As we're coming back into this restore everything, people are starting to say, well, wait a second, the virus is gone. I don't need to wear my mask anymore. I don't need to physically distance. And those are the things that are going to bring that spike back up. As long as we go back into this restore plan, doing all the things we've been taught for the past two months, we'll see that flattened curve continue. But I'm afraid that we're kind of like Swanee said, we're doing the cannonball in the deep end of the pool, and we need to really grab those floaties and go back to wading in if we want, if we really want, because we don't want this to go back to phase two. That's something that everyone has to understand. Right. Now, everybody keeps talking about uh, the thing that the key component that could, uh, that could cause us to turn or help us to turn the corner is a vaccine. And then some days you hear we're getting close and other days you hear we're not close at all. Where do we stand on that right now? Yeah, you know, Eric, I was one that would say, that was saying earlier, if we have a vaccine within two to three years, I would be really impressed. The fastest we've ever made a vaccine in this country is four years, and that's with the measles vaccine. However, a lot of technology has gone on and a lot of reassurance. And also we have some companies kind of betting the farm right now on the vaccines. So we have companies that probably everyone has heard of, Moderna, AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. Moderna is getting ready to start a phase three study in early July where they'll have 30,000 people testing this vaccine that's already done well through phases one and two. Most companies would then wait to see the results of that before they started manufacturing vaccine. Moderna and AstraZeneca are saying, you know what, screw it. We're going to start making this, and we're going to hope that our results are right, because if they are, we're going to come out in December, November with 100 million doses. We're going to AstraZeneca plans to have 400 million doses ready to go in September or October. Okay. Much more encouraging than in the past. Are they testing people already on some of these? Is it in the testing phase? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Melissa, they started with phase one months ago with a very small study, probably 45, 50 people. They're in the middle of phase two right now, which is 600 people. In the phases, phase one, they're looking to make sure that it's totally safe, that we inject you with something and it doesn't harm you. Phase two, we're looking to see how effective it is. And then phase three, we're going to see how effective it is and what's the proper dose. So they're well down the road. Many companies, you have to remember, we have 110 companies trying to make the vaccine. We're talking about two of them. Now, uh, you said that they're going all in. You used that example that uh, they're uh, they're betting the farm, they're going all in. Uh, When you see that, is that something you would bet on? Are you a betting man on something like that happening? 
You know, it's real encouraging. We have really smart people, and when they're starting to look at those phase one and phase two results, because they're going to the CEO of the company and saying, hey, you know what, shut the production down for whatever we're doing and start making this because we really think it's going to work. You know, we're talking about 100 million doses by December for one company, 400 million doses. That is betting a lot of money because not only are they producing it, they're packaging it, they're doing the package inserts, they're doing all the thing, and now they're going to probably start to look at how do we distribute it. I, we have a bunch of questions that have come in, text in, Dr. Mosa. This is from an 847. says, I'm a nurse. I'm 99% sure I had COVID-19 first week of March, but they wouldn't test me and I was quarantined. I went for the antibody test last week and it was negative. Is it likely that I had it and didn't develop enough antibodies to show up as positive? Is that possible? It is possible, but if you had the symptoms so bad that you thought you had it, there's a good chance that you may have just had true influenza. The other thing is we have this window for testing. We have, we test for antibodies. We test what we call IgM antibodies, which come on right when we have the illness, and then IgG antibodies, which come on about three weeks after we've had the illness. Depending on what test they did, I'd say either get retested potentially, make sure they're testing for the IgG, and then also you might wait a week or two and again get tested because you might have had a late immune response. From 773, it says, I've heard the virus is too small for most face masks to be effective, so why are we being required to wear them everywhere? Correct. So the question actually is well put because it's not going to protect you, so the virus could still come through your mask. We have to remember that the reason we're wearing masks right now is to protect others from you. So if you're an asymptomatic person and you were to cough or sneeze while wearing a mask, 99% of that is going to be captured in the mask. The mask is not going to protect you if you are around somebody that doesn't have a mask on and coughs and sneezes. Absolutely, some of the viral particles can get in through the mask as well as in through the side because the masks we're wearing are not tight to the face like the N95 masks are that we wear in the hospital. Now, uh, recently you had mentioned about a misstep by the World Health Organization regarding uh, asymptomatic spread, right? Yeah. You know, if you saw it, the asymptomatic spread comment was made, uh, what was it, Monday or Tuesday, and was retracted right away. You know, they said that the the spread of uh, asymptomatic carriers is very rare and was such a bad statement to make at the wrong time because now people are saying, well, if we're not concerned about asymptomatics and everyone's telling us the mask is for that reason, why do I need a mask? And really what they should have been talking about is pre-symptomatic, asymptomatic completely, when did you have symptoms? How mild were your symptoms? We have to realize that the, per- the progression of this disease is from person to person. That was a total misstatement. It was retracted the next day, but I'm afraid some damage was done. Dr. Most, a lot of times we've heard things from either the World Health Organization or the CDC, and it's sort of one way, one month, and then the next month they'll change it, retract it, adjust it, etc. So I hear a lot of people saying, like, hockey, you trust what they say. They said this then and they say this now. What do you say to people who say that kind of thing to you? Whip, you know, it's probably our most uh, frustrating point. Uh, I say it all the time. At what point do doctors lose credibility when they say, this is what we're going to do today, and then tomorrow we say, oh, no, we're going to do something differently? You know, I, I guess I say it with a grain of salt, knowing that this disease is, you know, 120 days, 150 days old. This is nothing that we've we're taught all in medical school and residency and have been practicing for years. We're still learning a lot. There's still so much unknown about this. 
Uh, we hope we don't have big missteps. We hope we have tiny missteps and that we're taking the new information, make sure it's, make sure it's right as we start to implement it. So mm. people are frustrated, I know, but we have to realize that we're still in our infancy with this illness. All right, Dr. Most, before we let you go, uh, one of the pressing issues from this morning that I uh, know that we uh, needed to deal with, um, we read a story that uh, Gwen Stefani <laughs> and Blake Shelton want to get married after the pandemic. So we wanted to ask you, uh, when can Gwen and Blake get married? If they're going to wait till after COVID is completely gone, yeah, yeah. that's great because it'll save much time for their divorce because that will probably happen. Sorry, I said that. I told you. That's what I was telling. Even Dr. Most agrees with me. Dr. Most unleashed. Okay, I can tell you two are friends after hours. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Most. Have a great day, okay? You got it, you guys. Oh Take care. God. See you later. See, he knows. <laughs> Anybody listening who has a dog with its own Instagram account, 33% of pet owners, their dogs, have the account. Uh, Mike the dog, Big Karowski's dog, has an account. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Captain Hollywood's dog, Lucy, yeah. has an account, which shows Super you cute. how much uh, Melissa doesn't care about Butch. What? That is so not true. You should be starting an account for Butch. Uh, maybe I should. I just watch another people's it. accounts. Uh, hi there, Nikki. <laughs> Hi there. Uh, your dog has its own Instagram account. He does. I have a 12-year-old pit bull named Butkus, and he's got his own page. Butkus. Uh, and uh, what do we generally see on Butkus's, so to <laughs> speak? Butkus's. Uh, Butkus's uh, Instagram page. Mainly him sleeping, and my most recent picture is my cat and him cuddling. Aww. Okay. Uh, wow. i tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to put you back on hold, okay? And uh, we're going to okay. find out where uh, where we can find Butkus, and we're going to follow oh. Butkus on Instagram. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good. All right, hold on. Butkus was the name of Rocky's dog. Yeah, there you go. Rocky's? Sty Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, hi there, Jen. <laughs> good morning. Uh, your dog has Instagram account. Both of my dogs have their own Instagram account. Each have their own. Is it a battle yes, to see do. who can get more followers? It is not. My uh, my Pitbull Mix Freddy has more followers, but Milo the Couch Whore is coming in a close second. Milo the Couch Whore? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, nice. And he will come out of anywhere if he hears you sit on the couch. Nice. Seriously? Nice. Oh, uh, yeah. my gosh. I, I, love a a, I love a dog named Milo. <laughs> Can't beat it. Cute. All right. Uh, hold on. We're doing the same for you. We're going to find out uh, where we uh, can follow them on Instagram. We're going to follow both your dogs on Instagram. Excellent. They're following you guys. So. Oh, oh, perfect. perfect. Well, we'll just search huh. them and we'll follow them back yeah. then. All right. Hold on. Hang on a second. Uh, your dog has an Instagram account. Brian. Yes. My friend Tracy's dog, Otis Poops. Otis poops. Yep. Is uh, it and what does pictures? that mean? Yeah, the pooping. He, he goes. He goes in lots of strange places, particular items. He's very choosy. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, so the Instagram is pictures of spots where Otis poops. Yes, in, yeah. in action. Yeah, we're not in following action. that. In <laughs> oh. We're gonna we're gonna skip right over following yeah. that one. Okay. But it's a great story, Brian. I'm I, I love the story, <laughs> and frankly, I would follow that. But I I don't know that the station will let me get away with that one. <laughs> Hi there, Ann. Yes. Your dog has its own Instagram. Yes. Uh, what kind her of dog name, and what's her name? She's a three-year-old beagle mix. Nice. And her name is Fawn. Fawn and it's beagle. called Fawn's World. Fawn's World. All right. And what kind of uh, pictures does Fawn post on Fawn's World? 
usually her daily activities uh, when she went swimming in the pool for the first time, uh, when she goes to Dairy Queen. Nice. Aww. Nice. Cute. All right, hold on. We're going to follow Fawn's World, too, okay? Okay. Okay. All right, we got to keep track of all these dogs, mm-hmm. Violetta. You on oh, it? yeah. What's the ultimate gentlemanly move that women truly, really appreciate? Ladies, oh. can you think of one? Yes. The ultimate gentlemanly move that you really appreciate. You know, because sometimes we as guys hear things that you ladies don't really like that we think we're being a gentleman that you don't interpret it that way. Yeah. Right. You know Very what I hard mean? To, yeah. Hard to know. Hard to know. What would be the ultimate gentlemanly move? You really like it like when your boyfriend or your husband or just a, a random man in general will do something polite or nice or kind and you're like, now that... That's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've seen three or four times uh, here, right here on Michigan Avenue, Whip will just stand on Michigan Avenue and throw his coat down in the rain yeah. for women to walk over it. Oh, my God. Oh, you see in the movies? Yeah. You like you see in the movies. Yeah, so, yeah. Whip, if it's raining, Whip just goes down there to Michigan Avenue every rainy day and yeah. just stands there right. and waits for a puddle to form. Mm-hmm. And then when it does, if a woman walks by, he just throws his coat down. Right. Wow. That's so nice. And I'm looking out the window 27 floors up like, you idiot! Yeah. yeah. And I, they don't like that. Yeah. All right, little, so if you, next time you see me with a stained coat, right. please don't wonder why. Little dude, I, did I know yeah. that maybe that's a wonderful, beautiful gesture on his part? I don't know. This is fun because yeah. maybe you guys will learn something you never even that's thought of. That's what we're of. hoping. We're hoping to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I come learn. in here every day going, man, I hope I learn. Yeah. Never happens, good, but, you know. It's a complete day if we can do that. And I've also seen Whip. He does this all the time, too. Anytime a pregnant woman gets on a plane, he gives up his seat and he just gets off the plane. Yeah, I was told <laughs> that was the wait, right thing to do. He'll just wait for the next one. Yeah. Man, you are a gentleman. He's like, I'll just wait for the next flight. You should take my seat. Yeah. He's like, but I already have a seat. No, no. That would be both. I that insist. Would be wrong. Exactly. Uh, hi, Carol. What is the <laughs> ultimate gentlemanly move? When my husband drops me at the door... And then goes to park the car, regardless if it's raining, snowing, or sunshine. Uh huh. That is nice. Takes you right up to the door. Says, "Why don't you get out so that you don't have to walk from the parking lot?" That is so sweet. Yeah, you do love love that. Yeah. Do you like when he opens the door prior to? Does he have to get out of the car, run around, and open the door to let you out? I'm not that weird. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You should try that one. (laughs) Three, one, two. Two, three, three, one, zero, one, nine. Anna, the ultimate uh, gentlemanly move is what? When you're on a crowded CTA bus mm-hmm. and you're everyone standing, and when a man gets up and offers you a seat, right? Oh, don't you just blush? Mm-hmm. And he's a stranger, right? Right. Does it happen it very often? It what? I'm sorry. It rarely ever happens. There you go. I enjoy giving my seat up to old women. I, I get that mistake all the time because a lot of times I'll get my seat up and then I'll sit down right back on their lap. We're <laughs> 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 halfway there. And then I realize, oh, that, that's, I added too much to this gentlemanly yeah. move, didn't I? Mixed morning mind bender. 41% of men, 33% of women, think humans are not naturally what? Debbie. Monogamous? Exactly right. Oh. Yay. Yay. Yay for not monogamous. Yay. <laughs> yeah. My husband believed that very well. Well, uh, <laughs> he's in the 41%. <laughs> <Ex-husband>. <laughs> Look at that. Uh-huh. 41% of men and 33% of women think humans are not naturally monogamous. In fact, regardless of whether they believe humans are hardwired for it, and many don't, additional data suggests many Americans just even aren't interested in it either. As it turns out, 
32% say their ideal relationship is non-monogamous to some degree. One what? in three. What? what? One in three Seriously? say, I'm, I'd like to be in a relationship, but I'm not going to be in a monogamous relationship is what they're saying. One wow. in three now. It's like we're in one big, huge, real-life episode of The Bachelor. Yeah, no is kidding. It? Oh, yeah, that's Speaking totally. of that... Remember uh, Ari Leyendijk Jr., The Bachelor? Yeah. Everybody hated him, right? Right. Well, I, I think so, yeah. Rip, you covered that for us. Right. They brought him back as one of the judges with his wife on the last thing, the music one. Uh, the Bachelor, <laughs> Ari Leyendijk Jr., says the concept of The Bachelor barely works for finding love because it's not natural. Okay. He's just figuring this out now. Right, exactly. It's a TV <laughs> show there, Of course, it's Ari. not natural. Yeah. Secret Eric in the morning off-air poll, 312-233-1019. Ten people we need to speak with who are currently dating. Yeah. Not in a relationship, just, you know, dating around. Okay. And trying to find that right person, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just casually dating for the uh, for the relationship experience or the personal interaction, whatever it might be, because I want to see if this study is actually true. Let's speak to one person here of the 10. Swanee's working his way through the 10. Hi, Jordan. Hi. How are you today? Good, how are you? Great. Jordan, how old are you? 20. Are you uh, dating? Yes. A question for you, Jordan. Does playing hard to get actually work? Yes. Yes, it does. Really? Uh, So do you advocate advocate playing hard to get over actually just being agreeable and getting along? (laughs) Um, Not necessarily. Okay. Hmm. Trying to wait, trying to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of left and right on that mm-hmm. one. Does playing hard to get work? A new study says, yeah, it really actually does. It does? Dang. A new study from the University of Rochester concludes that, yes, playing hard to get does, in fact, increase a potential mate's perceived desirability. Perhaps it's the thrill of uncertainty that comes along with pursuing someone that we're interested in. Playing hard to get makes it seem as though you are more in demand. We call that having higher mate value, said the professor of psychology who conducted the survey at the University of Rochester. Yeah, that's why like, when you don't like somebody, they end up liking you more. If playing hard to get makes you seem disinterested or arrogant, though, it will backfire. So be careful with what you just said. Oh, you have to like... There's a fine okay. line you're walking playing hard to get and then being perceived as arrogant or disinterested. Mm-hmm. You got to... You gotta find that spot, that happy spot right between the two. It's a right. fine line. Like you got you're busy. You gotta you don't not that you don't like him, you're just you got a busy life. We spoke to ten people off the air who are dating who didn't know the question ahead of time. Who said, Hey, it's playing hard to get work. What percentage of those do you think said yes? Alyssa? Eighty percent. Whip? Ninety. Violetta? One hundred percent. You're all wrong. Oh, but you're close. 70% said it works. Ah. Playing hard to get. I've never been able to do that. Maybe that's the angle. Well, All right, here are your three <laughs> story Thursday, three headlines that involve freaks from Florida. Headline number one, Brooksville, Florida. Florida politician charged with running a brothel files for his old job back and probably will get it. Yeah. Okay. Headline right. number two out of Palm Beach County. Florida man lets 12-year-old drive Jeep 85 miles an hour. Whoa. Sounds smart. There we go. Mm. Headline number three. Out of Sunrise, Florida. Five-year-old boy hits hole-in-one at Florida golf course. Oh, you son. Oh, I know. You hate that. Let's let's end with that one. What do you want to start with? Uh, Brothel or speeding? Oh. Either Uh, one. I don't care. You guys pick. Brothel. Brothel. Okay. 
out of uh, Brooksville, Florida two years ago, Nick Nicholson, nice name, made national headlines when the then Hernando County Commissioner was charged with giving room and board to hookers in exchange for sex and running a brothel right out of his Spring Hill home. After the arrest, Nicholson was blasted by the local Republican leadership. He was suspended by the governor and resigned from his seat. As a first-time offender facing misdemeanor charges, he ended up taking the plea and paid a fine of 729 bucks. Now he wants his old job back. He filed paperwork, the start of official qualifying for local political offices. In a prepared statement, Nick Nicholson said he was looking forward to getting back to the job he did for six years, which were the six of the happiest years of my life, with the exception of the whole hookers out of my living room part. <laughs> Good luck. He's a, he's a freak. Mm-hmm. He's a freak in Florida. Yep. Headline number two, Palm Beach County. Florida man lets 12-year-old drive Jeep 85 miles an hour. He's facing felony charges after police said he let the 12-year-old girl drive his SUV and told her to speed because he wanted to be the cool dad, oh. even though he's not her dad. Oh, well, that's a lot of problems with that, then. Yeah, a lot of problems with this story. Sean Michelson, who's 41, told the arresting officer Monday he's friends with the girl's mother, and the girl and her friend were staying with him for a few days. He said the girl had asked earlier in the day if she could drive his Jeep, so he thought it'd be cool, and that he was trying to be the cool dad. Uh, Mike, uh, Michelson also told officers that he had been drinking most of the day. Oh, oh. man, he's a classy yeah. man. Yeah, that's a freak. He's a real freak. And finally... Sunrise, Florida. Five-year-old boy's golf skills are being celebrated after he hit a hole-in-one. How's that possible? William Kelly, who's five, sank the hole-in-one on the 13th hole at the Bridges at Spring Tree uh, Tree Golf Club in Sunrise. He hit the seven iron. It took two bounces off the fairway, one bounce off the green, hit the flag, and went in. Wow. Hmm. How jealous are you? A lot. Mike Freglet, Williams' golf coach, praised the boys' skills, saying it was an unbelievable moment. Some people play golf their whole lives and never get a hole-in-one. That's mm. right. Sounds like he's going to be a Tiger Woods. Let's uh, not get crazy. Sometimes a lot plays into it, right? It sounds right? like it. No, it doesn't sound like that at all. Yeah, it does. He's five years old, and he hit a golf ball that went in. I, I, let's not what? make the, that's a big That's a big leap to make it to Tiger Woods. That's now. how Tiger Woods started. Is it? Yes. <laughs> really? And how do you know yeah, this? because he did. Read, uh-huh. read, read the stories. The old video. There is Tiger Woods at like three. I'm sure you've seen on TV yeah. with his dad, right? Yeah. That's right. It was an unbelievable moment, said Mike Friglet, uh, Williams coach. Some people play their golf their whole lives and never get a hole in one. He's playing as good as a third or fourth grader. He's got natural talent, but nothing like Tiger Woods. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, come on. This is the Eric in the Morning podcast brought to you by ComEd. ComEd is suspending disconnections and waiving any new late charges through at least July 1st. If you're service has already been disconnected, please call us at 800-334-7661.